This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he would love it if you left a review on this podcast. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Thank you for joining us here on Chamber Chat Podcast for this special episode in our 2021 ACCE Chamber of the Year Finalist Series. Chamber Chat Podcast is sponsored by Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Is your chamber struggling to drive the revenue it needs to support your initiatives? It's a common problem, and one that our new title sponsor, Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions, knows a lot about. Doug and Bill Holman aren't just sales consultants, they're real-life chamber guys with 20-plus years of chamber leadership experience. They know how to diagnose and solve member recruiting issues faster and better than anyone else, and they're ready to put that knowledge to work for you and your chamber. Call the Holman Brothers today at 619-852-1391 or check them out at holmanbros.com. That's H-O-L-M-A-N-B-R-O-S dot com. Our guest for this episode is James McCoy, as he is uh, the president and CEO and representing the Forsyth County Chamber in Georgia in their Chamber of the Year bid. Uh, James is the president and CEO of the Forsyth County Chamber, and over the last 16 years, he's led several successful campaigns to gain voter approval for over $2 billion for education, transportation, and public safety infrastructure improvements. During his tenure at the Chamber, the organization has worked with over 300 economic development clients and have announced the creation of over 20,000 new jobs and over $2 billion of new capital investment in Forsyth County. Prior to joining the Forsyth County Chamber team, James served as a Vice President of Public Policy and Communications for the Winston-Salem Chamber of Commerce in North Carolina. James received his bachelor's from Wake Forest University and his MBA from Mike Cottrell College of Business at the University of North Georgia. James is an avid fisherman and loves chasing the trout in the northern Georgia mountains and in his native western North Carolina. James, I am thrilled to have you back with us again as a a, a repeat guest here on Chamber Tap Podcast. And uh, first of all, congratulations as being selected as a Chamber of the Year finalist again. But take a moment and say hello to all the Chamber champions and and share something interesting about yourself so you can get to know you better. Well, Brandon, thank you uh, for having me back. And I am very excited to be back and be uh, uh, back for this reason. And just uh, hello to all of uh, uh, my colleagues out there and as Chamber champions and um, I, uh, also Brandon, just want to thank you. Your, uh, your podcast is a phenomenal, uh, resource for our profession, uh, and our world. And, um, in fact, several podcasts that I encouraged our team members to, to take a listen to. So thank you. You have really uh, become a, 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 a shining star of resources for, for our profession. And I just can't thank you enough. Oh, I really appreciate that. Those are very kind words. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your, your chamber. Let us know kind of your size, location, budget, you know, what, what do you have to, to present as we uh, get into our discussion today? Give us some perspective. We are located, um, in North Atlanta. We, uh, our, 
uh, southern border, uh, uh, borders Fulton County, which most of Atlanta is located in Fulton County. Um, and we uh, uh, are really categorized as a, a fast growth uh, of suburban community and uh, our chamber is about a thousand members. Uh, we have um, a budget of uh, about two and a half million dollars. Um, we're the economic development entity and tourism development entity for the community, which I think is fairly rare these days uh, as Chambers of Commerce go. Uh, we, uh, um, we have been in existence since 1952, and this is my 16th year uh, at, the, at the Chamber, which I never thought I would say. I would never... <laughs> I never imagined that I would be here this long, but uh, um, it's a phenomenal community and a phenomenal organization, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. That's right. Imagine when you're saying 32 years, you know, how did that happen? <laughs> <right>? <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. <laughs> I, 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 I never thought that I would say 16, so maybe. Maybe. That's right. <laughs> well, I really enjoy doing these Chamber of the Year podcast interviews. Um, we tend to get some of the best chambers out there that, that kind of rise to this stage. You guys are great examples in the chamber industry. And and uh, last year, as I did these Chamber of the Year finalist interviews, I asked all of the finalists the same question, where I asked them what their what their plan was to guide their business community through the recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. And we got a variety of answers, uh, some similarities, but I know, James, for your guys' uh, programs that you submitted on your application, they, they lean towards your implementation of these plans and these strategies to, to guide your community, your business community through the recovery. From, from the COVID pandemic. So I'm looking forward to hearing more details about how you guys have implemented this as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, James, we are back. Um, if you would, I'm just going to hand the mic over to you and let you uh, kind of run with it for a bit with your programs that you submitted for your application for Chamber of the Year and specifically how they applied to your uh, the recovery from the pandemic. Sure, absolutely. Well, um, 
certainly our uh, the programming, uh, it, the, the focus of it being around our response uh, uh, locally uh, to COVID was, it was central to, 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 to that. And um, one of the things that we did, uh, Georgia sort of shut down, I think, in, on, on March 14th. And on the 17th, uh, we were up um, and live and running with uh, an initiative that we called Together for FOCO. And um, uh, FOCO is, is uh, uh, sort of a branding term that we have for Forsyth County. And uh, really, it was intended to do three things uh, for the economic recovery. One uh, was to help businesses get working capital as quickly as they could so that they could stay in business um, and, and operate through this uh, and, and, and survive. Uh, the other was uh, getting uh, business people the absolute best information that we could so that they could make sound uh, decisions uh, about their business in the future of their business. And the other was really engaging the community in uh, the, the initiative, folks that we had never worked with really before, homeowner associations, uh, community advocacy groups, um, getting them to help support local businesses to um, uh, really engage in the local business community as, as we move forward. So it really changed the nature of what we, we, we do. Uh, some specifics around that. Uh, one of the, the uh, initiatives that we took on, and I know several other chambers across the country were able to do this as well, although I think we were the only, I, as far as I know, we we're the only chamber of our size that did this, um, but we worked with our uh, local board of commissioners to uh, use CARES Act funding uh, that came to the county uh, to do small business support grants. We uh, uh, we're able to give grants of, uh, totaling about $2 million um, out to the business community. And uh, we were able to get those to about a little over 300, I think it was 314 businesses in our community received a grant between two and $10,000 uh, to help them. And we administered that program. Uh, we advocated it for its creation and we administ administered that program. We also, uh, you know, we, we remained the economic development entity and we used that time to get in front of site selectors and business people uh, to help decision making that uh, let them know that, that we were an attractive place for their next uh, uh, location or business decision. And we were able to do that because we got out there very early with a virtual site visit. Uh, we were able to be in front of key decision makers and have them visit our community uh, and shop for real estate virtually. Uh, and that was that ended up being very successful. We ended up having um, uh, as a result of, of 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 the virtual site visits alone, we were able to get about forty two million dollars of new capital investment uh, announced in the community. So uh, those are just a couple of examples. But really, at the heart of it was trying our to to um, uh, put all of the initiatives together, many of which I'm sure were were similar to other communities, of getting working capital in the hands of of business people so they could survive. Um, and i'm I'm very proud to say uh, that in our assessment after uh, all was said and done uh, this past spring, uh, that that we did not, as a result of COVID, at least, we did not lose a single restaurant. We did not um, uh, lose any um, uh, businesses. Direct. Now, we, of course, plenty of them had uh, 
um, let employees go and, and have many have rehired, of course, but, um, and, and many of them went through enormous change, but we, during that period of time, and again, as, as, uh, at least as a result of COVID, we could not identify, um, uh, of particularly of any of the businesses that we served, but any, uh, any loss in business. And, uh, that helped our recovery enormously, uh, as you might imagine. Can you imagine back a year ago or 14 months ago to be able to say that today that, I mean, uh, I, I can't even imagine. I, it, it, well, and, and, and honestly, it's still really hard for me to comprehend. I, I remember meeting with our team and we started having this conversation and, and I thought, well, this, you know, it can't, that can't be accurate. Uh, but once we really did the investigation of, of it work and, and, and we were really looking at the most susceptible um, industries and particularly in hospitality. Uh, but, but, um, and, and, and I know it was tough and I, I don't want to, um, understate or, or uh, overstate that, uh, or understate it either, but the, the, I know it was a tough time. Uh, but, but so far, um, what we have found is, is those, uh, uh firms sur- not only survived, but, but now are, are thriving. And, and my guess is like many of us, um, they learned a lot and, and they will be uh, more resilient for whatever comes to them in the future. Yeah, that is amazing. So a thought that came to me as you're talking about the economic development um, aspect of this at the virtual site visits, um, I, I know not every chamber is tasked with economic development officially, mm-hmm. but um, I think there's, I mean, you guys found a unique solution to be able to to solve this problem at the time when people weren't getting out and interacting with people, but yet business still had to go forward. Life still had to go on and you guys found a way. Um, I'm inspired and intrigued at uh, different chambers that have adopted different pivots that they had to do through the COVID pandemic. And and I see some of these pivots even sticking a lot, sticking around for a longer mm-hmm. period of time. Do you see the virtual site visits as being something that you keep as an option going forward? And how did you go about doing the virtual? Is it just like a, a FaceTime call that you're going around and, and showing people or what's the structure of that look like? So, um, so the first part of that is yes, um, we, we absolutely uh, do see that moving forward. And, and, um, and actually, I'll, I'll switch it a little bit. What, what are the, the other site visits that we did? So uh, as many folks know, Atlanta and Georgia uh, in general um, really has become a, a, a hub for filming uh, for uh, commercial uh, uh, film operations. So we uh, one of the things that we did for folks that were identifying uh, shoot locations um, and, and folks that were, were identifying those sites for different films, um, including Ozark. I'm very proud to say Ozark is uh, much of it is filmed in, in our community on the lake. And we're very excited <laughs> about that. But, but part of that is because we were able to be in front of them with a virtual site visit. So the way, and it works the same way in, in economic development that it does for film. And that is we identify the absolute best uh, for uh, a particular audience. So um, I'll use an example, jumping back to economic development. If we know that there is an office uh, user that is um, it, considering our community, uh, we identified the absolute best office locations and we work with those locations and their realtors to do everything from 
show uh, the the um, and we pre-record most of this. Um, the the drone footage, um, the actual walkthroughs. I mean, everybody's I think had the experience uh, looking at houses and that sort of thing of a three D walkthrough um, of a house. Uh, we we put all of that together uh, in a very tight time frame um, and provide them access to, in some cases, CAD drawings or uh, 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 elevations if, if there's questions ab about that. But all of the data, all of the market data uh, that's available, five mile radius of that, all of that is compressed into one presentation. Uh, that lasts potentially about 30 minutes, depending on what they're actually wanting to look at. Uh, but now there are so many tools available to be able to walk someone through what it's like to leave the Atlanta airport and get to our community, what it's like um, at the exit uh, off of Georgia 400 that they may be uh, interested in or we want them to be interested in. And we use, again, drone footage and working with um uh, the the bill the, either the, the the site owners or their realtors uh, and engaging them in in, in showing off uh, that that community. But we we start as though someone has never been to our community and walk them through um, what that that actually is. Um, and in some cases, we may engage uh, local elected officials. Uh, in other cases, we may engage other business people to help tell their story, uh, particularly if they're they're a neighbor or in, in a similar industry. So they're all very different. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, they are very labor intensive, uh, but the outcome has been very positive. And I think that's going to continue. Um, I don't think it will be as pervasive uh, as, as it was certainly during COVID, uh, but but I it, it does give us an opportunity to be in front of a lot more folks. And if you're a site selector and you're really trying to consider um, a, a lot of communities or a decision maker in a in a company or a developer, it's an it's a very efficient way to at least get an introduction to some of those sites. So I'm curious if you did you partner with the one of the realtors in your area to help with some of the 3D tours or one of the local film people to to do some of the filming or Jason Bateman to lead a tour. I mean, how did uh, <laughs> how did you go about doing that? Uh, that that would have been great. Uh, that certainly would have set us apart if we had Jason Bateman do that. But the um, so uh, the, the short answer to that is it's a mixed bag. I mean, everyone is a little different. But at the end of the day, what we we realized were um, we were sort of bringing some of those commercial realtors along. Uh, they didn't really see what we were doing. They couldn't visualize that. So we ended up, uh, we, we partnered with a, a drone footage firm uh, here in our community. It was folks that we've worked with in the past. Um, and we actually ended up doing that work for uh, the commercial realtors. Um, and in some cases, we were able to get paid for some of that work, um, both the, the, the drone footage firm and ours, because we were able to package that for them. Um, I, I said very early on to our team, um, congratulations, everybody. Uh, you now work for a media company. Yeah. And, um, and that is, uh, and, and everyone here, um, everyone on our team uh, is going to need to continue a media company. And that, that is largely what happened. And that's an example of that. I mean, we, um, when we turned to the commercial realtors, that was just not space they were comfortable in, in general. Um, or they would say, oh, sure, we can get you some, uh, 
some drone footage. Give us uh, six, eight weeks. Uh, we'll get back with you. And that just was not going to work. Um, but we were able, they were able to give us things like their CAD drawings where we were able to then turn around to uh, another firm to help us with a 3D rendering and, and fly through. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think that just goes to show how people consume information now. I mean, some people still want to get into all the details and nitty gritty and read through something, but more and more, whether it's an economic development or any other aspect of tourism or, or chamber work, um, people are consuming it through various different types of media, whether that be video or, or podcasts or blog or some kind of multimedia experience. It, it's almost becoming the expectation. I mean, it, <laughs> oh, I, I, absolutely. I don't, I don't think there's a way to, um, a, a, a way to operate without it. Um, you know, there, that that may not be universally true, but it's almost, um, and, 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 um, and even broader than the idea of, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of folks say, oh, well, you know, we're active on social media, Uh, maybe. Um, and, and so, uh, uh, what we say is not only be active on social media, but we are actively engaging uh, folks on social media, and and of course engagement is is different than 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 actually uh, attending or viewing or watching. Uh, but but our our overall goal through things like uh, particularly video content is, is about engagement. Yes, absolutely. So I wanted to to go back a little bit and touch on you had mentioned how you had partnered with some of you know other partnerships maybe that are maybe not as traditional for a chamber to partner with Mm -hmm. in an effort to support local businesses. Can you touch on that in a little bit more detail? Um, Sure. Well, I'll give you a few examples of, of that. Um, uh, We had a number of businesses who were reaching out to us saying our employees really want to get tested. We want them to get tested. Um, We are, are having a tough time finding, uh, getting access to uh, testing sites so we started working with um, our our local medical clinic that uh, typically serves uh, underserved populations. Uh, they had capacity, and we were able to. Uh, they, they so people were paying them to for for the test was paid. They got an additional source of revenue that they might may, may not have had otherwise. Um, our business members were able to get their uh, get folks tested. Those folks were able to get tested. And that is a partnership we would have never had otherwise. I mean, we, we, we certainly know the folks at the clinic. We certainly work with them a great deal um, on a different community initiatives, but we've never really partnered with them on something. And that was a partnership. Uh, the reverse of that was uh, they ran out or were running out of PPE. Uh, and we were able to find PPE um, from two or three firms in our community to help get that to them. That conversation would have never happened um, probably at any other uh, other time. And and um, the same is true with homeowner associations. I, you know, particularly when you're the economic development entity, uh, homeowner associations and economic development do not often go hand in hand. <laughs> in fact, it can often be adversarial. Uh, but in this particular case, you know, we, we were what we were really trying to encourage folks to do was spend money at your local restaurant, spend money at your local stores. Um, and we were putting together information about who would deliver, who did curbside, 
um, even down to uh, uh, consolidating information about menus and, and that sort of thing. And, and really getting clear about, particularly in hospitality, uh, the other side of that was uh, helping residents know what access that they had to things or that they did if they were choosing not to go out uh, or couldn't go out because of the lockdown that, that uh, uh, they could still um, have access to whatever it was they needed. Um, and so um, we reached out to those, to many of those homeowner association groups and um, and they were very eager to get involved and engaged. And, and now we've developed, you know, meaningful relationships with a part of our community that uh, I don't want to say we ignored. That's not really true. But we, we had never worked on anything with them um, in any meaningful way. And, and that's opened the door to a lot of conversation about much more strategic things when it comes to economic development, you know, trying to understand what their expectations are, what the residential expectations are, um, the leadership of those homeowner groups, understanding where we're coming from, why we're trying to grow the tax digest, how that benefits a resident. Um, and, and those conversations would not have happened otherwise. I, uh, I have a feeling that in a lot of communities, HOAs are, uh, they're overlooked to a, a big yeah. degree. And as you were given that response, I was thinking that, you know, these homeowners associations, and I know every community is different. So some communities may just fast forward through this part because they don't have a lot of homeowner associations mm -hmm. in their community. But if you do have several of them, they have email addresses and ways to connect and, and contact all of the residents in their community. So it would make sense for the leader in the business community to be connected with the you know, those people that are connected to the residential community and, you know, connect those dots. Absolutely. And, and I grew up in a, a very rural uh, community, a farming community uh, in Western North Carolina. And, and if there is a single homeowner association in, in, in my, my hometown, I would be shocked, but <laughs> it may not be an actual association, but there are neighborhood and uh, community leaders that are well connected to people that live near and around them. And uh, because I've, I've thought about this in the past, like, you know, what, what is the, what is a, a, um, a, 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 a more rural version of this? And, and they do exist. And, and, and um, I know certainly in, in the, the town I grew up in, I doubt there was much of a relationship between the chamber and those community leaders um, who were um, really, you know, it, it there, the homeowner association could be a school, or it could be a church, or it could be um, a park, and um, and and people who rally around that, and and so there's there there are avenues. But you're right. I mean, not not every community has um, uh, formally organized uh, 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 homeowner associations, but for our community, and I think for many communities, they are. Uh, well organized um, and and can be you know very powerful and certainly politically powerful. Yeah, and you know some communities these days it could be a Facebook group. You know you can search and, Facebook, find those groups of like minded people in geographic area and partner with that. That 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 is a huge. Uh, you are absolutely right. I mean that that is a huge uh, part. And 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 to be candid, that was. That was part of what opened the door to us for homeowner associations. A lot of those were closed Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And so to access that, we were reaching out to homeowner associations to say, you know, at first, can you please get this information out to your 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 communities? And in some cases, that could be 10,000 people. 
Um, and so, um, uh, you know, that, that was, that was really for us, uh, um, long-term, I think, you know, strategically, uh, uh important, uh, a strategically important communication tool, um, because for, for, in many cases, it's opened up the door for us to be talking about a lot of other things. Yeah. I could even see if, if you have a huge homeowners association in your community to try to get somebody from that HOA onto your board at your, I mean, then they've got a vested interest and they're going to push it and it, it'll be a great partnership all around. I, I uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of my skis, but I will be shocked <laughs> if in this next uh, board selection process, that is not the case. I mean, uh, one, a, a homeowner association represented on our board, but in many cases, at least for us, and my guess is if you really looked at it, most of those people are business people. They may not be business people in your community. They may be a business person in the neighboring community, but they're generally uh, or often uh, business folks that um, that 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 are willing to to have a conversation and and listen. The problem, of course, comes when there's no conversation and um, and and an economic development project is perceived as a threat or attack on on a yeah. on an HOA rather than look at you know and the HOA is looking at it, of course, from their uh, perspective and um, and and so what we've discovered through this process, of course, is it's helped them have a many of those leaders have a, a larger perspective. But you're right. I, I think engaging them in a meaningful way, like a board seat, um, and at minimum engaged in a leadership capacity on um, you know, some strategic committees, um, all, all of those things, I, I think, matter a great yeah. deal. Yeah. So I know we need to start wrapping up here, but man, we've been covering some good stuff. (laughs) Um, So I I wanted to see, and it may not even be covered in your application this year, but since we've got one of the best of the best chambers represented here, I, I wanted to ask you, what do you think makes the Forsyth County Chamber stand out? What are, what's something that you guys do that maybe other chambers don't normally do? In really probably looking back specifically at, at this past year, and, and I think this would, I would not have said this before this past year, but I think it's always been true, um, is the nimbleness and speed with which we can move. Um, we're, um, uh, we have a very supportive board uh, that says uh, we're, we're really looking to our team to give us information to make solid policy decisions as a board. We went to our board with, with a, a recommendation uh, very quickly that we effectively stop what we're doing now and respond to this crisis. And here is what we plan to do. That plan was created over a weekend um, and it was presented to our board uh, the following, I think Tuesday morning, and we were live that afternoon. So uh, I say all of that to say that uh, I, I think having that nimbleness and that flexibility, given the speed with which things move in uh, a, a new world and a new economy and a new media environment, you it makes us uh, it sets us apart, and and I am hopeful uh that that uh, uh and certainly in talking to colleagues around uh, 
uh, our region in, in Georgia, that that really become a focus for for all chambers that uh, moving with having the nimbleness and moving with speed um, it, it certainly has an advantage and often a financial advantage for, for organizations. It does. And it, and that could be a whole nother discussion that we could yeah. get into. I mean, yes. keeping your ear to the ground and being able to know what you need to do to stay relevant, having the trust of your right. board, you know, all of those things that allow you to be nimble and move quickly. And, and, and balancing that against being mission focused, you know, yes, you know, exactly. Um, you, you, you can't be uh, uh, item du jour or, or project du jour. Um, but it also, um, it also cannot be uh, blinded to what's going on and knowing where that balance is. But you're exactly, right. exactly. Well, I'd like to ask you for maybe one tip or action item that a chamber champion listening can can take to help elevate their organization up to the next level. Sure. I, well, I, I think you know, for me, um, and and I can only uh, speak in you know that 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 lens of of. Uh, uh, and that is for for many years, um, I was extremely uh, nervous or hesitant uh, to to take an idea that I didn't feel like was was tested adequately. I might have information that says it would work, but uh, I couldn't point to another example of where it had worked uh, somewhere else. And and so what ends up happening is is at least for me was. I was simply emulating a lot of things that I saw around me or saw in chambers that, that I admired. And, and there is real value in that, but there is also real value in simply having the confidence of moving forward with your idea. And as long as it's you know, data driven and not gut driven, <laughs> um, that 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 it it is very likely uh, to work out, and I will tell you this: past year, we did a lot of things that I don't think I would have ever done before. But not because I, I uh, simply because I I I didn't um, really have the the true confidence behind that, and so um, and and of course I know a lot of my colleagues in any profession. It's not just in chamber profession are really afraid of being embarrassed by a failure. And so I guess, I guess the tip would be, uh, get over that and, <laughs> and, 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 uh, uh, and embrace it. And, 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 and listen to Brene Brown, by the way, she uh, all about, uh, all about that very idea. Um, and, and read up, uh, uh, Brene Brown really, uh, I, I, I think her, what she teaches, I think, is very valuable, and um, and I think is very helpful, particularly in our profession that is full of people who love to please other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had the thought this morning that maybe as I do these interviews, I should start asking every every chamber about a failure that they've had recently. Yeah, yeah I mean that I, that could get raw. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and and you know. Um, that, that's not space. I mean, any very few people are really comfortable in that space, but, um, but, but really, you know, we, <laughs> you don't learn from success. Um, right. And so, but, but you're that, that I think that would be a wise, uh, a wise move and, and it would certainly be helpful. I, I certainly have learned, you know, I, I tell people, all of my friends know I learn everything the hard way and, uh, and, and that is through failure. And so um, 
uh, if anything that 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 I have I have really embraced, uh, particularly this past year, it is it is as Brene Brown would say, leaning into uh, that failure and uh, and growing from it and 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 building from it. And um, and if, if I think if you can do that, everything else is a cakewalk, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I asked you this question when you were on uh, last year, but I, now we've got a whole different perspective on the world. So yeah. as we look to the future of Chambers, how do you see the the purpose of Chambers moving forward? You know, I really don't see their purpose being any different than it has been since, you know, dialing it all the way back to uh, hundreds of years ago when when it was all you know, guilds and that sort of thing. Um, and that is that uh, uh, business people who join together to work on the creation of prosperity for everybody. Um, and I, I, I don't see that that purpose changing. Um, certainly the way that we do it, it's going to be very different. Uh, who's at the table, uh, I think, thankfully, is going to be very different. And that the only way to be successful in the future is, is being um, aggressively inclusive mm-hmm. of 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 uh, every part of of your community, um, but th- those are those are things that change with culture and time. But the purpose I, I, I see is, um, I, I, I it's probably a, an overstatement, but I think it's almost eternal um, that 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 chambers are dedicated to the um, uh, we exist to create to support in the creation of prosperity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, James, I've enjoyed having you on the podcast again. I wanted to give you an opportunity to put any contact information out there for any listener that would like to connect with you or have any follow-up about anything that you guys are doing there at the Forsyth County Chamber. What would be the best way for them to reach out and connect with you? Uh, so all of my information is on our website, which is FOCO, F-O-C-O, Chamber. Dot org um, and and I certainly welcome uh, the conversation. Um, uh, I uh, encourage it because I I am always looking for uh, uh, the 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 examples of of what folks are doing out there and and uh, um, and and just meeting as many other um, peers and colleagues as I possibly can. It's always that has been the source source of growth for me. And, um, and, and I certainly welcome it. All right. Well, I will get that on the uh, show notes for this episode, which will be found at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 132. And I'll also link to your previous episode as well in the show notes Great. as well. So if anybody wanted to go back and, and listen to your other episode, they can find it there. Um, but again, thank you so much for joining me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I wish you and your chamber the best of luck with Chamber of the Year, and, and we'll talk soon. Brandon, thank you. And thank you again for, for everything you're doing for our, our line of work and, and, and for, for chambers across the country. It makes a huge difference. And I, I know, I know you've, you've done a lot to, to help support us. And, and we really, you know, on, on, behalf of a, on behalf of a grateful profession, thank you. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. 
If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees. And Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.